welcome to C3 Belconnen. You're about to hear a message from James Manning. Well, hey church, and hello to everyone who is joining us either online or at our on-site services. Uh, it is great to be here with you to share this message uh, with you today. We're in a series at the moment called Unsung Heroes, uh, and I'd encourage you to go back online and have a look at the other messages by Pastor Nick and Melissa. They are well worth getting into and they really lay a lot of groundwork for this series. Um, and but the theme of this series is we're talking about the fruit of faithfulness. We're talking about the fruit of faithfulness uh, in the lives of some Bible characters uh, who aren't often talked about and aren't often celebrated as big heroes in the Bible. They're actually stories about how God has worked in and through their lives uh, based off uh, their trust and their faithfulness to the God that they served. Uh, and so we're going to talk about uh, just that today. We're going to talk about the fruit of faithfulness uh, in one particular story in 2 Kings chapter 5. Uh, and we're going to jump into that story a little bit later in the message. But I really want to lay the groundwork for you before we do that. Uh, and as I was praying this week uh, and sort of meditating on what to share with you today uh, from the Scriptures, God really spoke to me about, hey, James, you know, he said, hey, James, it's, it's great that we're talking about the fruit of being faithful, but our faithfulness actually needs to come from somewhere. It needs to be ground in, grounded in something that is greater than ourselves. It's all good to say, hey, go out there, be faithful, trust God, do your best. But ultimately, our faith needs to come from somewhere. It needs to be anchored in something that is outside of ourselves. Uh, and so I really want to talk, uh, uh, talk to that today. Uh, and if there's a, a title for my message, if you're taking notes today, uh, I'm talking about an unshakable hope, an unshakable hope. Um, and, you know, for, for some of you here today, uh, I think this message is just going to remind you that, hey, God is good. God is good and he is for you. And, you know, I don't know where you are at right now. But I just want to remind you today, and I'll say it again, that God is good, and He is for you. He is for you in your situation. He's for you in whatever circumstance that you're in. So hey, before we go any further, how about we pray together right now? Wherever you are, whether you are joining us online or in our service services here today, why don't we close our eyes, lift our hands, and pray. Father God, we just thank you for who you are. Lord, we thank you for your sovereignty. God, we thank you that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Lord, we pray that our hearts are open to receive a word from you today. We pray, Lord, that our, you give us eyes to see. Lord, we pray for a spirit of revelation uh, to come on us today. Lord, that you would help us to understand the word, uh, to understand the scriptures, mighty God. And Lord, that uh, above all, you would speak to us where we are at in each of our situations, in each of our circumstances. Lord, remind us of who you are. Remind us that you are a, a good God, that you are a good, good Father, and that you are for us, Lord. So, Lord, help us to do that today in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hey, so we're talking about the fruit of faithfulness. Um, and, you know, the reality is that uh, our own faithfulness as we walk out this life with Christ uh, has an impact uh, in not just in our own worlds, but also in the lives of the people around us. Now, when we choose to 
uh, instead of giving into our fear and anxiety, our insecurities, uh, giving into those things that are kind of pulling us down and holding us back, when we choose instead to press into God and to trust Him no matter what, uh, that's when God is able to work in and through us. And, uh, and that faithfulness that, that we step into actually flows out of us and it impacts people uh, around us. It flows into the lives of the people around us. Now, you know, if we are able to remain um, faithful, not just in the moment, but to lay strong foundations that we can carry forward in our walk with Christ, um, that will help us to withstand the strongest of storms. And I'm sorry, I'm going to use some uh, cliches about withstanding storms and about not becoming shipwrecked, but I just pray that you bear with me when we do that. Uh, And you know, I I shared actually a similar message the other week with Kids Church, um, and I left them with this one-liner, and maybe this is the one thing that you can take away from this message. And I said uh, to Kids Church, I said, good things happen when we trust God no matter what. Good things happen when we trust God, no matter what. And hey, if you're going to take anything away from today, uh, that is the one thing that I would love you to take away. Good things happen when we trust God, no matter what. Hey, maybe let's put this a, a different way. Let's illustrate this in a different way. If anyone, has anyone ever played uh, those trust games with, uh, maybe it's with your work colleague, colleagues as a bit of a team building exercise where you where you kind of put yourselves in situations where you have to trust uh, your teammates, whether, um, I don't know, maybe you do this at home with your kids uh, or with your brothers and your sisters where you, where you kind of uh, turn around and you face away from them and you close your eyes uh, and you fall backwards and you trust in them uh, to catch you. Well, this same concept in, in some ways applies to how we walk out our faith and trust in God. Uh, ultimately, our, our faithfulness needs to come out of something that is bigger than ourselves, that is outside of ourselves. Our trust that we have uh, doesn't come from within ourselves. It doesn't come from our own abilities. It doesn't come from our our own strengths. It doesn't come from our circumstances. It doesn't come from the temporal things that are around us. But our, our, our hope that we have, our hope that results in our faithfulness and our trust in God is actually anchored in something outside of ourselves. Uh, Proverbs chapter 10, verse 25, and I'm reading from the Passion Translation, says, The wicked are blown away by every stormy wind, but when catastrophe comes, the lovers of God have a secure anchor. But when catastrophe comes. Hey, you know, that's, maybe that's something that we need to grapple with here because we often live in this mindset that uh, blessing and suffering can't actually exist together in the same space. We often think, uh, maybe this is this is talking to you right now, wherever you are at, but it certainly is the case in, in my own life, is that we often think that blessing and suffering can't exist in the same space. It's either we are suffering or we are hurting or we're blessed. But the reality is, and we see it in this in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 25 there, it says, but when catastrophe comes, the lovers of God have a secure anchor. And you know, it is true that hardships will come uh, in whatever form in our lives uh, as we journey through this life. But the question is, are we going to remain buoyant enough? And there's, uh, there's those cliche statements. Are we going to remain buoyant enough or are we going to end up shipwrecked because we trusted not in God but in the temporal circumstance, in the situation uh, that we find ourse- ourselves in? The reality is our buoyancy 
depends, our buoyancy depends on where we place our hope. Our faithfulness is the result of a well-placed hope. A hope that is anchored in something outside of ourselves. And, and hey, this might, you, might help you to, to unpack and to uh, get a hold of where, where that place is that we place our hope. In Psalm 103 verse 19, again from the Passion Translation, it says, God's heavenly throne is eternal. It is secure and strong and his sovereignty rules the entire universe. Let me read that again. Psalm 103 verse 19. God's heavenly throne is eternal. It is secure and strong and his sovereignty rules the entire universe. I don't know about you, but that is a great place that we can put our hope. That is a great place that we can put our trust in the sovereignty and the wonder and the the eternal aspects, the security and the strength and the sovereignty of our God who rules the entire universe. You know, the reality is that our, our faithfulness doesn't only impact our worlds, but it flows out of us and impact, impacts the lives of those around us, both in our present circumstances, uh, but also uh, in, in uh, both in our present circumstances, sorry, but also in ways that we'll perhaps never know or experience. You know, there is fruit that is produced by simply remaining faithful to God. There is fruit that is produced by remaining faithful to God and trusting Him despite the best efforts of the world to, to pull us down. You know, the results of which, you know, often end as we trust in God, the results of our faithfulness uh, towards Him often ends actually in praise and thanksgiving directed towards God. As we step out in faith, as we take a position of boldness and courage, as we speak into people's lives, uh, through faith, trusting in our Heavenly Father, as we speak life into people, as we speak healing over people, as we encourage people. That's when uh, God gets all the praise and glory from our faithfulness. As we open our mouths and speak, as we act out our faith, our identity in Christ in word and deed, uh, it flows out of us and impacts the lives of the people around us. Lives are transformed. People Maybe people will meet Jesus for the very first time because we chose not to shrink back, but instead chose to step forward in faithfulness and boldness, trusting in our Heavenly Father despite ourselves, despite our circumstances, despite our, our perceived uh, fears and anxieties, despite our perceived weaknesses, we trust God anyways and we step out in faith. You know, and I want to actually illustrate this um, in one of the unsung heroes uh, in the Bible. Um, and this particular story is actually out of uh, 2 Kings chapter 5. Um, and just to lay the groundwork for you, um, this is a story ultimately about the character of God, about who God is and how he acts uh, in history, not just in Israel, but also uh, in the surrounding nations as well. And the story uh, here, we find ourselves, uh, uh, Israel is actually uh, being oppressed by Syria. Uh, and there was this particular uh, raid that the Syrian army went on, and they captured this, uh, what the Bible calls, uh, has called a young girl, and had brought her into the service um, of this man, uh, man, man named Naaman, into his wife's service. Um, and the story uh, actually tells us that this girl is not even named in the story. Um, and so before we uh, go on any further, let's dive into that story right now. 
in 2 Kings chapter 5, uh, verses 1 to 15. And I'm reading from the ESV. Um, and it's, it's titled in my Bible uh, that Naaman is healed of leprosy. Naaman is healed of leprosy. And so uh, 2 Kings uh, chapter 5, starting in verse 1, it says, Naaman, the commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and in high favor, because by him the Lord had given him victory, had given victory to Syria. He was a mighty man of valor, but he was a leper. Now the Syrians on one of their raids had carried off a little girl from the land of Israel, and she worked in the service of Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, Would that my Lord were with the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. And it says, so Naaman went in and told his Lord. Thus and so spoke the girl from the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, go now and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. Uh, and so the king of Syria goes ahead and he sends this letter to the king of, um, the king of Israel. Uh, and if we pick it up, it says, so he went, taking with him 10 talents of silver. So he brought all these gifts uh, to the king. And he says, he brought a letter to the king of Israel, which read, when this letter reaches you, know that I have sent Naaman, my servant, to you, that you may cure him of leprosy. Uh, and I won't read too much uh, more of that part of the story. Uh, but basically, the, the king of Israel loses his mind, basically says, who am I that I can heal this man of leprosy? Uh, but then uh, the prophet of the Lord enters uh, the story at this point, uh, Elisha. Some of you may have heard of him. Uh, but it says, when Elisha, the man of God, had heard that the king had torn his clothes, he sent to the king saying, why have you torn your clothes? Let him come to me now that he may know that there is a prophet, is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and chariots and stood at the door of Elisha's house. And Elisha sent a, message, a messenger to him saying, go wash yourself in the Jordan uh, seven times and your flesh shall be restored and you shall be clean. Uh, Naaman wasn't quite too sure at this point uh, that that was the right thing to do. He was expecting, um, he was expecting uh, Elisha to come out and lay his hands on him and, and, and put his hand over the place um, uh, where his leprosy was and to heal it. But, um, so this was kind of unexpected for Naaman. But despite that, uh, he went anyways uh, and he washed himself uh, in the Jordan. In verse 14, we'll pick it up. He says, so he went down. And dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the word of the man of God. And his flesh was restored like the flesh of a child, and he was clean. And in verse 15, it says, Then he returned to the man of God, he and all his company. And he came and stood before him, and he said, Behold, I know that there is no God in all the earth but in Israel. What a story. What a story. Naaman's wife's maid. A young girl who is unnamed in this story. All she says is, would that my Lord were with the prophet who is in Samaria, who would cure him of his leprosy. This is a story about the fruit of faithfulness. See, this young girl had every opportunity to bow down to her circumstances that she was in. She had every opportunity to, to shrink back, every opportunity 
to, to bow to her circumstances and say, you know, this is too hard. I'm oppressed. I've been taken out of my own home. Uh, and yet she knew who her God was. And yet we can glean from this story that it is quite obvious that her trust was placed not in her circumstances. Her trust was placed not in the things that were going on around her, in her situation as a young girl who was taken out of her homeland and placed as a servant into a fo- in a foreign nation. She instead decided to trust in the Lord and show that there is a God in Israel. She had every reason to shrink back, to be discouraged, to surrender her will to her circumstances. But instead her hope was anchored in something that was greater than herself. It was greater than her fears and anxieties. It was greater than her captivity that she found herself in. Her hope was anchored outside of herself. And I want to bring you now to Hebrews chapter 6. And um, really this is kind of the, the central point of the message here um, and so I want to, if you've got your Bibles, let's, let's turn there now to Hebrews chapter 6. And again, I'm, I'm reading from the Passion Translation. Um, it says in verse 15, it says, uh, So Abraham waited patiently in faith and succeeded in seeing the promise fulfilled. It is very common for people to swear an oath by something greater than themselves, for the oath will confirm that their statements uh, and uh, that their statements and end all disputes. So in the same way, God wanted to end all doubt and confirm it even more forcefully to those who would inherit his promises. That's you and me. His purpose was unchangeable. So God added his vow to the promise. So it is impossible for God to lie. For now we know that his promise and his vow will never change. And here's the part of the the scripture here that I want you guys to focus on. And it says, now we have run into his heart to hide ourselves in his faithfulness. This is where we find his strength and comfort. For he empowers us to seize what has already been established ahead of time. An unshakable hope. An unshakable hope. Verse 19 says, We have have this certain hope, like a strong unbreakable anchor, holding our souls to God himself. Our anchor of hope is fastened to the mercy seat, which sits in the heavenly realm beyond the sacred threshold where and where Jesus, our forerunner, has gone before us. He is now forever our royal priest. You know, <laughs> I talked at the start of this message that we were, going to be, we were going to be unpacking the fruit of faithfulness. But the ultimate the reality is that our, our faithfulness is the result of a well-placed hope. Our hope cannot, our faithfulness cannot be produced out of our own strength. It cannot be produced based off our circumstances, because we run into troubles each and every day. That's why Jesus said, do not worry about tomorrow. Instead, um, focus on today. Each day has enough trouble of its own. The reality is our hope must be placed outside of ourselves. And that place is ultimately in our God. It is in the eternal God. It is in our heavenly Father. It is in the hope and the expectation uh, of a future, a future that is full of blessing a future that is full of hope and healing, a future that is, is not reflective of the temporal things that we see around us, but it, but it is the, the, the reflection of something much greater than ourselves. You know, we might live here in time and space, but our, our Saviour, our Lord, is seated 
with God in the heavenly places. He's seated in a place where there is fullness of joy. He is seated in a place where there is hope, where there is healing, where there are no tears, where there is no pain. And we can actually anchor our hope in that place. And we can draw on the strength from that place, not from ourselves, not from our own circumstances, but from that place that is secure, that place that is strong, that place that is in our heavenly Father. A place where we can open the heavens and call down those things into our current reality. Call out those things that aren't as though they are. We are looking forward, expectant for a future hope. And ultimately, that is where uh, we need to anchor ourselves. And you know, as we finish up here today, I just want to um, share a passage of Scripture uh, again with you from uh, from Matthew chapter 11. Uh, you might be sitting here today uh, and you might not have experienced that, uh, that hope that I'm talking about right now. You not, might not have experienced uh, the, the hope and the love of God in this way. And I just want to um, encourage you with this passage right now. If you're here today uh, and you're feeling uh, the burden of this life, if you're feeling like the weight of the world is on your shoulders, maybe you're going through some financial issues, maybe you're going through some relationship issues, maybe there is sickness in your world, maybe there are some things that are going on in the lives of your kids that you can't explain or, or, or you, you can't quite uh, understand why it's going on. I just, I just want to encourage you right now uh, with this scripture in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 30. It says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are wearied and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. It says, Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and my burden, and the burden I give you, is light. You know, that idea of a yoke is actually, uh, would have been understood as, as teaching, as the teaching of Jesus. Jesus says, take my teaching upon you. Live the way I have called you to live. Listen to me. Trust in me. And that way your burden will, burdens will be lifted from you. Your burdens will be eased. Now, I don't know where you are at right now, but let me just pray for you all right now very quickly. Father God, I thank you for each and every person uh, here today, whether they are joining us online or uh, live in our services, Lord. I just pray, Lord, that you would bless them. Lord, that you would remind them of who you are. Remind them of, of the security of your strength, of the security of your sovereignty. Remind them that you are the God of the universe. Your word says that you put all the stars in the sky. You know them each by name and not one of them is out of place, Lord. And you are the Lord of our lives. So, Lord, help us. Remind us that you are good. Remind us, Lord, that you are for us, mighty God. Lord, we just pray above all else that your name will be glorified, Lord. Lord, work in us and through us. Lord, flow out of us. Help us to impact people around us for the gospel, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to our latest Sunday message. If you would like to find out more about our church, visit www.c3belconnen.org.au.